Wow, tomorrow is my birthday. I'm going to have been among us all for 61 years. I remember way back in sixth grade, Mrs. Campbell asked us to calculate how old we'd be at the turn of the century. My number was 41, and I remember wondering if I would actually live to be that old. I also didn't imagine back in the sixth grade, where the most technological thing I had at my reach was a cassette tape recorder, that I would be actively trying to use invisible x-rays, that's what I call them, to make my obligation to work something that I could do from the comfort of my home. Yes, I'm back on the work from home or distance working theme. I don't think it's something that we can leave to others to develop for us. The Spanish government has begun sticking its fingers into the cake mix. Timid debates are on about who should pay for the broadband and the computer an employee uses, who should pay for the comfortable chair and the paper clips. A valid concern is related to current practices in the Spanish workplace related to unpaid overtime. Employers regularly expect workers to put in extra time, and workers are culturally conditioned to not complain or report more abusive practices of never getting out of the office at the appointed hour. For example, a law was put in place concerning work-related phone calls outside regular working hours. It is a common practice. I've had to tell my own boss off several times when he telephones me with a silly panic attack on his part about issues that could have, should have, waited until the next working day to resolve. Let me tell you about one call that really deserved my scathing words to him the next day. I don't keep my phone on my nightstand while I sleep. Those cell phone x-rays just don't seem conducive to pleasant dreams. So when the phone rang at around 11 at night, I had to get out of bed and go downstairs to answer. Since no one has ever telephoned me at this hour, I actually get almost no phone calls at all, I was a little startled. In addition to this, one of the most frightening things for me, something that will send chills through my body even at my ripe adult age, is a mysterious phone call. Probably dates from a prank phone call I answered when just a kid. It doesn't matter. The best way for a horror film to creep me out is to include a call with strange sounds or unexpected language. Even writing this paragraph is kind of creeping me out, so just let it be understood that a call at 11 at night was not going to be a party for me. It was my boss. He had driven way down to the south of Spain in order to close a sale. Earlier that day, he had asked me to send an invoice to the customer, who would be making a security deposit by bank transfer. My boss had checked his account and had not received the transfer. What's more, the account number printed on the invoice did not match his account. What did I know about this? So, I'm standing there in my underwear, groggy from the rude awakening, trying to remember even having made the invoice out, sure that the billing program included the bank account number automatically, I'd never typed it out myself, wasn't really sure why this had to be discussed on the phone at this hour when there was evidently nothing I could do about it until the next morning at work. Of course, I couldn't get back to sleep once we had hung up. I was worried that somehow I had made some kind of mistake in making out the invoice. Maybe I had typed out that bank account number and simply didn't remember. I had no access to any information besides emails, so I checked the business email. I did see the invoice had been sent. I did see a bank account number on that invoice, but I didn't know if it was correct or not. I had nothing to compare it to. The next morning I was alone in the office. The boss had not yet returned from that deal closing, so I had time to more completely investigate the situation. Turns out that the account number indeed belonged to the boss. It was automatic on the invoice. I had not even made that particular invoice he had, with an older version of the program on his computer. I wrote the email, but he had attached the invoice. 
and that account number was one he still had open, but did not use for his business anymore. Now, the importance of this anecdote may not be totally clear when talking about working from home. Since I could not, from my home, do anything about the problem, it seems that this type of situation is support for the need for employees to be in the office to work efficiently. That was certainly the case, as my computer and all of the invoice files were located in an office and not in my home. At that time, I had no access to any kind of server with virtual file cabinets with the necessary information. My boss was still insisting back then that we have physical file folders in metal file cabinets in the office as a document storage solution. The importance, though, is in a double standard in his attitude. While he is completely sure of his opinion and totally against the concept of working from home, he not only expects his employees to be on call, but that they can indeed do work from home when he has one of these emergency situations that just can't wait until they are in the office the next day. He expects that when it is convenient for him, or necessary under his criteria, that I will effectively work from home. In the early days of the job, when I was basically structuring the office and the procedures involved in a national small business, I brought work home with me nearly daily, especially in the months that I was laying out our first web page. I spent hours at home learning to use the platform, arranging photographs, and organizing pages. The results were directly related to the job, and most of it I had done from home. So I was actually working from home. Even before I officially managed the office at this job, the man who would become my boss would show up at my home, asking me to make a phone call to England or Germany to help him purchase this or that machine. I made the calls, took notes, informed him on prices, did basic interpreter work, got paid, and I did all this from home. It didn't matter if he were physically there or not. With a simple email or phone call, he could have communicated the same basic info and request to me, and I still would have been able to do it from home. So despite my boss's surety that my job cannot be done from home, there is ample evidence that this is his belief, but not the reality. Even when we began the quarantine, I worked from home the first two weeks. I wrote out at least 10 invoices. I made phone calls. I handled an end-of-quarter tax report preparing all of the invoices, bank extracts, bookkeeping records necessary, all sitting at my at-home desk in my comfortable living room. Still, my boss insisted that working from home was impossible. It was nothing compared to being on hand, in the office, face-to-face, -to, -face, to resolve these important matters in real time. The COVID-19 pandemic is not over. I'm pretty sure that despite the downplaying of so-called brotes, isolated outbreaks, of infections and the ambiguous reporting of hospitalizations, quarantines and deaths, I will be locking myself down again even if the government does not see its way to supporting such a decision. At that time, I will need to give my boss a chance to make his own decision that can only go one of two ways. He will either accept that the work I do can be done from home and will accept the structure, planning, and protocols that I, knowing the work, have established in order for the work-from-home plan to work, or he will stick to his guns and will have to find someone else willing to sit in the office with him as he occasionally uses a mask to do what I do and will need to let me go. It's a simple choice. So let's leave that as an introduction to this particular theme. It's another It Can Be Done, based on real-life experience in which I'm trying to be the owner of my own destiny. 
In the next episode on this theme, I'll be trying to explain both to myself and potentially to that obstinate boss how, in my case, it can indeed be done. A practical exercise, let's say. You're listening to Radio Rebels.